Let's face it, people have different sleep needs. While you love your partner, sleeping next to them might not always be the most comfortable. Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs, so you can choose what's right for each of you whenever you like. Maybe you prefer a firmer mattress and your partner needs something softer. Because of the individualized comfort that you get from Sleep Number Smart Beds, you and your partner will sleep better together. All Sleep Number Smart Beds feature cooling, pressure-relieving comfort layers for soothing sleep throughout the night. And their temperature balancing bedding is designed to move heat and moisture away when you're hot. When you're cool, they hold their energy to help warm you. The smart beds even automatically respond and adjust to your movements so you sleep comfortably all night long. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards only at a sleep number store or sleepnumber.com you're the mom the maid the keeper of the cookies you do it all and you look good doing it it's parenthood on a mother level here's your host denise hanitka hi everyone I'm Denise Anitka, and you are listening to a brand new episode of On a Mother Level. So glad you are here and that you are going to share this episode with a friend so we can spread the word about this mama community that, if nothing else, whatever you're going through as a mom, we can relate. It's On a Mother Level. Thanks so much for listening. Okay, guys, a couple things to tell you about before we kick off this episode. I hope everyone had a wonderful Mother's Day. I did and didn't, and I'll explain why. So first and foremost, I adore the little gifts that my kids make at their daycare with the little pictures of themselves and their little handprints. I adore those, and I think they're so cute. And in particular, I noticed that my four-year-old was super excited to give those gifts to me this year. So I feel like he's really like getting the concept of Mother's Day. And um, so he just kept being like, you know, I can't tell you what it is, mama. I can't tell you, you know, what we got you for Mother's Day. So it was really, really, really sweet. Plus, um, they picked out like a little, um, like a hanging flower basket holder thing. That was my Mother's Day gift. So it was really cute. And um, here's why it was a bad Mother's Day, (laughs) number one. So the other thing I really like about their daycare presents is that they fill out one of those forms that's like, my mom is blank years old, you know, and the kid has to fill in their their answer. So so we kind of had a giggle over the fact that Abram thinks that I'm 50 years old, Whatever, dude. Um, And he also wrote that in order to relax, I like to sit and drink coffee, which was so much better than any of the embarrassing things that he would see me doing, like scrolling endlessly on my phone or, you know, other like bad mom activities. Um, But one of them was like, my mom is as beautiful as, and he wrote princess. And then it was, my mom is as sweet as... And that kid says, my dad. I mean, first of all, great. Love it. However, my day, kid. Okay? Like, this is my day. My day. Mother's Day. So I better see my mom show up on the Father's Day, you know, kid Mad Lib thing. And then we can call it good. Here's the real reason that I had a crummy Mother's Day. 
So, as I'm sure many of you know, the restaurants were insanely busy. And so, because we have two kids, we decided, okay, like, if we go at 4 or 4.30, we'll be able to get into one of these restaurants much easier. No, we didn't have reservations. But whatever, it was supposed to be my day. <laughs> anyway, um, so we drove around for a while and we could not find a place that didn't have a 40-minute wait until we went to this little Mexican joint kind of by our house. And I'm not going to say the name because whatever. But we've been there before, so it's not like we were like went to some shady Shaderson place. But... I'm the only one in the family who was puking all night long, and I can only assume that it was from the tacos. So let it be noted that I would, of course, be the one to get food poisoning from my Mother's Day dinner. Okay? Me. Food poisoning, Mother's Day dinner. My life is a joke. It's a disaster, and it's just freaking par for the course, isn't it? Some other Mother's Day things. Okay, so this is really cool, you guys. So last week, Jillian Mayen, who um, has been on this podcast before, she did a story that I thought was really cool. It was about Lily, this mom from Rock Island. She has two kids, and she decided that in her quest to get a new job after having her second baby, that she was going to just declare, look, I'm a mom and I'm freaking skilled and I'm going to create myself a mom resume based on all of the skills that moms have. And so she posted it on Facebook and Jillian did a story on it. So I'm going to read to you. This is from Lily in Rock Island. She calls herself household manager at Mom Inc. While providing my services to two high maintenance small people, I have mastered self-control, the ability to work 24-7, and accomplish many goals throughout the day while only sleeping four to five hours a night. This title comes with many duties such as budgeting and interpreting an unrecorded language. I am now an amazing multitasker who is very efficient at what I do. My patience has skyrocketed, and my knowledge of tiny humans is growing constantly. I love to learn, teach, and play. I can change a diaper one-handed in less than a minute on a baby alligator thrashing around like a hippo is about to come stomp him while remaining calm. I am trustworthy, generally punctual, and I would like to say I bring a great sense of humor to the table. This is by far the most demanding job I've ever done, but I very much enjoy. Hey, bottom line, if you saw that on a resume but it didn't say mom, let's say it said, you know important man position, you'd be pretty impressed, right? Well, I think the tide is turning because just recently LinkedIn announced they are adding mom as the title that you can add to your resume, caregiver, different things. And they're doing that by taking away the requirement that your job title has to be linked to an actual corporation. Because bottom line is some People have gaps in their resume. You stayed home with your kids. You stayed home with your sick parent. You stayed home with whatever reason, but that doesn't mean you were sitting on your keister the whole time, okay? These are identifiable skills. And what's even cooler is that I'm discovering this is gaining even more momentum. And that is through this digital campaign called Motherhood on the Resume. There's a bunch of companies involved in this, but I'm going to tell you about Hey Mama, um, one company that's talking about it. Okay, so I'm reading from their website right now. It says, we believe that motherhood belongs on the resume. 
It's beyond time to finally tear down the deep cultural bias against mothers in the workplace and recognize motherhood for what it really is, a training ground for leadership. That's why we are launching Motherhood on the Resume, a movement to validate the unpaid labor of moms, destigmatize taking time off from work for motherhood, and recognize the strengths that moms bring to their professional lives, not in spite of being parents, but because of it. So starting May 18th, May 18th, people, join us by adding mother to your resume. We can only do this if we all do it, when we band together and celebrate all that we bring to our careers as mothers, and we set the example and open doors for everyone else. Motherhood is a training ground for leadership. Listen to this. American workers think that working moms bring out the best in their employees. 89% say so. 65% think moms are better listeners. 51% think they are calmer in crisis, and 47% are more diplomatic. And yet motherhood isn't seen as an advantage. It can be a career killer. You heard Stephanie talk about it in episode 77, right? 75% of expecting mothers are excited to go back to work after giving birth, but 43% end up leaving their jobs. Half of working mothers say becoming a parent has made it harder to advance in their careers. A third say they've been passed over for a promotion or an assignment just because they have kids. Women lost all, all of the 140,000 jobs in December of last year, while men gained 16,000. So through this campaign, the goal is to get 1,000 women to add motherhood to their resumes by National Women's Equality Day on August 26th. Okay, so check out hashtag motherhood on the resume on Instagram to check out more about this campaign. Get involved there. The key date to remember is May 18th is when this thing kicks off. This is so important because there are a lot of moms who hope to eventually take their professional skills that they had before they had kids and get back into the workplace. And the bottom line is they are better prepared to do their jobs after raising kids. They are not behind. They are not worse off. They are ready And this campaign is finally highlighting what you and I already know. So let's throw our support behind it, too, on a mother level. So now we're going to get to a woman named Jill Bakken. Jill has been a working mom. She has been a stay-at-home mom. But regardless, she is kicking butt in all that she does as a mother of four. And she is here to talk to me about clean beauty. What does clean skincare, clean beauty, what does that all mean? Well, according to Google... It's a question that was the most popular skincare search of all of 2020. On Instagram alone, the hashtag clean beauty has nearly 4 million posts. This is growing every day. The concept of clean beauty is a $5 billion industry, and it should be because your skin, of course, is your largest organ. Okay, we're always scrutinizing our faces and our wrinkles and, you know, wanting to, you know, look our freshest and best. So what are we putting into our skin in order to achieve that? So I talked to Jill all about that, and she answered a lot of my questions, and she even let me open up my dumpy little makeup bag, which you will hear all about. 
I also really enjoyed talking to her about kid transitions, and we both reflect on 10 years of marriage. She had some interesting comments about that as we both go into our 10-year anniversaries this year. And so I think you're really going to enjoy this conversation. As always, if you would please follow on a mother level on Instagram where we are going to be posting that motherhood campaign, motherhood on the resume and all kinds of preview clips. Plus check out the highlights from this episode so that you can see Jill connect with Jill and um, follow along with the different things that we are talking about. So here we go with Jill and my scary makeup bag. Here's where I want to start with you, Jill. Yeah. I have my makeup bag right here. Yeah. You're not going to like what's in this bag. That's okay. This is fun. (laughs) So let me pick out, because I feel like, so I wear a lot of makeup, obviously being on television, Yeah. Um, but I, you know, I wear a mix of department store stuff, which I just learned is bad, um, department (laughs) store stuff and the cheap stuff. So I just want to show you what I have in here. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I love this stuff. It's the, the Charlotte Tilbury, like. Um, you know, finishing powder. Okay. I okay. love that. Yep. That's a real yep. staple for me. Um, you know, my mascara is a Clinique that I got in a FabFitFun box. Okay, yep. cool. Yep. Um, but you know, Clinique. Okay. Like they're okay. Clinique, you know, pardon me. Yeah. Um, let's I, see. I, grew I, up use, um, I use a little eyelash glue, you know, to get my lashes. It's I lure London. Okay. Yeah. This is stuff I'm sure you've seen and heard of before. You know, this is kind of expensive. It's a makeup forever, like foundation stick. Yeah. I use that. You know, my brushes that are semi-clean. Okay. (laughs) So what I'm showing you is not any different than what's in anybody else's beauty bathroom drawer counter, what have you, the highlighter. They used to be in mine. Yeah. Be in mine. Yep. Okay, so what's wrong with this stuff? Yeah, so I be rethinking these choices. <laughs> no, I love this is so fun. Okay. Um, because I didn't know what I knew, like what I know now. I didn't know. Um, my mom didn't teach me about makeup. I didn't grow up this like crunchy natural person. I didn't know anything about ingredients. I like, yeah, I had all my mom's Clinique freebies growing up. And then when I had to start paying it for my own, I got the cheap stuff or like whatever was recommended sure. to me, you know, um, some of the makeup, like I went to the, the department store beauty counter for my wedding and like, okay, I need new makeup. What do I need? You know? So we did the whole thing. And I just always assumed that if it was sold on the store shelves, it was safe. Like why, why wouldn't right. it be? It, well, especially at the department store where now, like now those shelves are fancy shelves. Yes. Yes. So it has to like, it has to be safe if they're selling it to me, if they're promoting it, all the things. And so it actually, this will kind of go off. We'll get back. Yeah. Um, I am a mom of four and my oldest daughter, when she was born, she had just reactions to everything. Like okay. I just didn't know Uh, like diapers had chemicals in them. I mean, everything is a chemical, you know, there are good chemicals, bad chemicals, um, but she would get burnt, you know, like pampers and huggies. She would have reactions to those. Now, not all kids do, but she did. Um, Same thing. We'd wash her in the Johnson and Johnson, or we put the baby lotion on her that's marketed for babies. And she just had rashes. I have pictures like, I thought she was beautiful because she's my firstborn. But then I look back now and I'm like, oh man. And so I started to notice that she was having the re- these reactions. So we switched to like cloth diapers and we switched out like to no shampoo and all the things. Um, and when I was staying home with her, I wanted to get rid of all this stuff 
that she could get into like poison control. You know, I didn't want any of the like bleach or stuff under my kitchen counter, my toxic cleaning chemicals. And so I got rid of all that. So fast forward. So I'm slowly starting to learn about ingredients. I know there's certain ingredients that like phenyxanol was a common ingredient in like shampoos and lotions as a preservative that she was um, specifically reacting to. And when we removed it, I noticed that like my scalp wasn't burning anymore. So I was like, oh, okay, I'm picking up here, but I still didn't know. I'm just like dipping my water, my toes in the water at this point. And she was three and she asked to play with my makeup. And I like did a, you know, like, I don't think I can let you play with this because by this point I've known that whatever we put on our body, she tends to break out or have reaction to. And so that's when I was like, okay, this is the makeup that I bought at my wedding at the department store or the Mm -hmm. cheap stuff or the really old stuff. Because I also didn't know that makeup has like an expiration date on it. (laughs) Um, and so that's when I started looking into this more and more. Um, I started looking for something that had better ingredients. I started looking specifically for something without phenyxanol because that was an ingredient that I had already targeted or narrowed down um, that she couldn't put on her body. Now, everyone is going to respond differently to things. Um, So I tried some different things um, at the time. Um, Actually, Greatest Grains over in West Davenport was still open and I went there and they had some beauty products and I just didn't like them. Um, They didn't perform. And I just thought all clean beauty was going to smell funny or be chalky or like, or it's just simply not as good. You know, it's not as good. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. Yeah. Um, And I had um, some friends like throw out some different things and they were better. They were better options, but still not a hundred percent clean as I keep saying, Um, or toxin free is a lot of times what I, um, the word that I use this is when I started really looking into my makeup bag and I held on to those items in my makeup bag, like in a closet for a long time, even though I knew I shouldn't use them. But finally I just had to like toss them, make the switch. And I haven't looked back since. And so I'm a partner with an advocate for a company called crunchy and I got invited to a Facebook party (laughs) and I kind of cringed. I did not really pay attention because we all kind of know the world of Facebook parties and companies like that. Oh yeah. friend that invited me was the friend that kind of told me about cloth diapers. She's the one that helped me get kind of the chemicals out from underneath my bathroom sink or my kitchen sink. And so I trusted her and I knew she wouldn't just like show me, introduce me just anything. And I know how, you know, those kind of parties work. And so I ordered a mascara to support her, love her, you know, give her all the things and I got it and I really liked it. And so then I went back and went to their website. And at that time it was like, I don't know, five pages long. They had maybe seven products. Um, and I'm reading through all the ingredients and that's what like clicked for me and draw, like draw me in. And I was just like, I remember sitting on the couch with my husband nerding out over ingredients. I know nothing about makeup. I was a stay at home mom at this point. (laughs) Also watching, um, some kids for friends, like doing daycare out of my home. And so not wearing makeup. And, but I'm reading all these ingredients and I'm like, holy cow, like they don't use this. They don't use this. They don't use this. They don't use phenyxanol. They don't use talc. They don't use, um, I could go on and on and on with ingredients. And then they showed what they did use and why. And so they explained it. So some of the other beauty company or the beauty products I was trying, it was also really hard to find their ingredients. Um, and so that's kind of like a legal thing where, um, companies years ago used to get away with like trade secret. And it used to be like flower oils and essential oils and stuff um, for like a scent. 
And that's what it should be. But now companies can legally get away with not telling you what their ingredients are and they can advertise like fragrance-free or phthalate-free or sulfate-free or all these things, but they can really hide it in this like trade secret. And so that kind of, like, I didn't know that. Um, I just assumed, oh yeah, that's sure. You know, then you can't get a copycat product. But as I started to look into this more, then if I couldn't find the ingredient label, I, that was a red flag for me. If they're not going to tell me what's in their product. So yeah, that's really how I got into ingredient education. And I started with like, I'm going to pick these three things and that's what I'm going to choose to avoid. And now it's grown into just this long list of items I like to share and educate um, with others. So I'm assuming you're finding though, that these products do work. And yes. they're not, you know, yeah. they're not crunchy because they, you know, just because the they're just made out, yeah, made out of, you know, a dandelion or whatever. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Because that also wouldn't work. Right. Um, yeah, yeah. There are definitely people out there that make their own makeup, you know, out of those things. And that's just not for me. And so again, now that I've been doing this for like four years, I love the makeup. Um, I know how to apply my makeup, but day one, I did not. Like my first makeup video was awful. And I just talked about ingredients for like two hours. And my husband was like, you can't do that. That's boring (laughs) (laughs) through crunchy though. I've also learned how to do makeup. And I think that's a big part that I've found um, with the women that I interact with. Not only do they not know about the ingredients in the product, but a lot of them don't know how to do makeup. We weren't taught this. We just kind of were, here's makeup, figure it out on your own. So it's been fun to kind of um, learn how to do that and share that with other women as well. No. And I mean, like our moms did their best, but I mean, my mom let me leave the house in makeup that didn't match, that wasn't blended. Nobody pulled me aside and said like, that's not your color. I mean, shocker. Like sometimes we can have a different skin tone than our mom. We don't wear the same shade, you know, but like nobody told you that. And that's why it's so funny when there's those either memes or a video that's like, this is what 12 year olds looked like when I was 12. Yeah. 12 year olds (laughs) now are like, Yeah, because they were left to figure it out on our, we were left to figure out on our own. We didn't have YouTube tutorials when we were 12. (laughs) I know. I know. There will never again be like those embarrassing, like just nerdy pictures, which in a way in its own right is a little sad. You know what I mean? But but anywho, again, this bag, this, like, this is a big bag of stuff. Yeah. I feel like most women probably can't right now just put this bag in the trash For sure. and start fresh. So are there two or three products where it's like, if you're going to start clean, start with these three products, like foundation, blush, yeah. mascara, what do you think? Yeah. So I think um, foundation is one of the big one of those. So it's like women use up to like 15 pounds of foundation a year. That could be (laughs) number, you know, like over time it adds up and adds up. And so it's absorbing into our body. So I think foundation is a huge one. Foundation um, can have a lot of different chemicals in it, depending on if you have a powder or a liquid or whatever. And then I also recommend starting with your skincare. So the skincare is the first thing that's touching your face. So it's what you're removing that makeup with. Then it's also what you're moisturizing with. It's the things that are soaking into your face. So having a good clean primer as well, um, before you put on your makeup, that's going to be kind of like your environmental barrier. And so I would say, start with your skincare, your primer, and then your foundation. Okay. Um, Those are the things that cover your whole face too, that you're going to absorb the most things. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Something you had on your Instagram that like, 
I had to reread a couple times. You say retinol is something we should be rethinking. Yeah. Everyone says use the retinol helps prevent the wrinkles. We're all women of a certain age and we're only going to get older. Holy smokes about the retinol. Like every, all anybody talks about is wear the retinol. Yeah. So that was like kind of a new thing for me. I kind of knew, I heard, um, a while ago, like I know country doesn't use retinol. Um, but I didn't really like look into it for a long time. Um, until just recently, we have some new products coming out, some new skincare products coming out, some eye creams and some serums, um, that really go to fight wrinkles, but we don't kind of claim, we're not going to make the claim like anti-wrinkle. I think everyone's goal is just to have normal skin. And so sometimes those words can be just like marketing ploys to get you to use them. You know, um, if someone's looking for anti-aging product, I recommend often just the products that are recommended for normal skin. Cause that's your goal to get back to that. I knew it had, um, it was like, uh, sun sensitive, like you shouldn't wear it, right. um, retinol, wear it at night. Don't go outside and do it. Um, but it can also cause more damage on a cellular level than it is beneficial for your skin. So there's a lot of other ingredients that Crunchy chooses to use that are not only in our skincare, but also in our makeup. So like the foundation, we have a mushroom extract. Mushrooms have kind of also kind of picked up as a big thing lately that will also help nourish your skin. And it's a natural ingredient. Um, and I say natural ingredient, but not everything that's natural is beneficial for us and not every chemical is harmful. So I definitely want to make that clear. Um, Crunchy uses a handful of safe synthetics as well. So there are some um, natural things that mimic parabens in our bodies. And so I think paraben is a very common ingredient that women know to avoid at least this day and age. Um, it's the number one ingredient found in like, um, the biopsy of like a breast cancer patient. Okay. Um, and so that's the big reason to stay away from paraben, but there's things like Japanese honeysuckle that mimics the molecule structure of a paraben. And so that doesn't sound no frightening you know and so that's like when you hear retinol 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 everyone uses it there can still be negative effects um long term to using things that's the same with like using all the products that we grew up on or they're probably in your makeup bag were once in my makeup bag i wasn't having a reaction right away like my daughter or somebody else might that has skin sensitivities but over time um those chemicals are going to build up in our body and our system and kind of wear down on us. That's what we call body burden. Um, it's just the toxic, your body can only carry such a heavy toxin load. And so if you're putting chemicals on your body, depending on what you're eating, your input, your output of all the things, um, over time, it might take 30 years and then you're seeing health issues. Now I'm not saying they're all related to your makeup. There's a lot of factors, but they definitely weigh on your body burden and the load that your body can carry or that your liver can filter out um, over time. So my daughter has a reaction right away. I do not. But then as I clean up my kind of the products that I'm using, and I'm talking more than just makeup, even like think about your shampoo, your conditioner, your deodorant, um, the perfume, everything is adding up. Those numbers add up. And so then we're seeing down the road when you get that Maybe that woman has breast cancer, we'll choose that as an example, um, or is having severe asthma or headaches or something. The numbers are 90 to 95% of like cancers or illnesses that we're seeing today are environmentally related. They're because of our environmental exposures, where we live and the things that we are surrounded by and the things that we're using or putting into our bodies um, or on our bodies. And only five to 10% of cancers 
are um, genetic, which like numbers like that just blew my mind. Like how, you know, but I have got to kind of interact with women like that. I had a, um, I did an event with some older women. I was really intimidated because um, I think they're, they're, they were more set in their makeup ways. And I'm this young girl at the time. Um, like, you know, they're not going to want to listen to me. There's a specifically a woman in her forties and her mother died of breast cancer. And she just kind of sat and watched me the whole time, kind of talk about ingredients and makeup. And afterwards she texted me and she's sending me Um, like bottles of shampoo or lotion or all the things in her bathroom that night. And I love doing that. I love helping going through the labels and reading the ingredients. And finally she shares with me that her mother died um, when she was younger of breast cancer. And she said, I'm only in my forties. I've been tested. I don't have like, it's not genetic. And so then like, it was the first time it's like, it clicked for her. It was the first time she thought or like that she had even heard that cancer could be because of the products Um, because of the environment that she was in. And so that was just, um, it's unfortunate, but it was really cool for me to get to like, just speak to this middle-aged woman and get to share that with her, you know, because I didn't know. I didn't know. I always say, I wish I would have known, but when I was 12, 13, I wouldn't have listened to my mom anyways. No, no. (laughs) Um, But getting to share this, I'm getting to then reach the next generation so that they will know, so that my daughters will know um, if I'm sharing this with my friends and their daughters will know I have a child trying to sneak in the door back there. <laughs> yeah, so, speaking, yeah, yeah. Changing, changing the way we, we um, do this for the future. Yes, yes, yep. One of the, I would say, barriers to entry for me on clean products is, okay, so I clean out my makeup. Well, mm-hmm. that doesn't change the cleaning products I use at home. That yeah. doesn't change um, the fact that I walk around with this attached to my hands. Yes. Um, that yeah. doesn't change the fact that I sit in front of a computer all day. All day it doesn't yep. change the fact that I ingest probably God knows how many clouds of hairspray. You oh, know what I mean? Sure, like it feels sure, yeah. sort of like, well, if I cleaned up the one thing, there'd be 50 other things anyway that I'd be like sabotaging my efforts, right? Yeah. You know? Um, not necessarily. So um, this was actually a segment, I'm going to forget the year. It was on Good Morning America within the last few years. And they kind of were talking about this. Clean beauty, healthier products, toxin-free living is becoming more mainstream. It's becoming more of a hot topic, um, which is awesome to see spread education far as wide, however it's going to happen. Starting with just your makeup bag, there was a series of tests um, and they watched someone. So they like measured the toxin load on this female the day, you know, just a normal day. She came in with her makeup bag like you are showing me and they measured toxin load. And then over the course of three days, it dropped by like 30% every day. So it does add up. It does make a difference. I always tell women because it can be overwhelming. I definitely, when I share this, I don't want to scare anyone. I don't want to intimidate anyone. Um, I just want to help. And this is the, this is the way I know to do it. Um, Start with one thing at a time. So you use your bottle of hairspray. Let's look for a better option when you have to buy it again. Um, Let me help you or let's, uh, there's some different, there's some really good apps that you can have on your phone. There's the EWG. There's one called Healthy Living or Think Dirty. Um, There's another one called- Think Dirty. Yes, I have heard that one. Think um, Clearia is a new one that I think has become my favorite. So the EWG and Think Dirty are good places to start, but they're not the end all be all. Um, They're not, they have some inconsistencies, 
but it's better than nothing. And so you can take that when you go shopping or when you're ordering a product online and it will pull up a lot of products, not all of them um, you'll find in that database, but that can help you just make a little bit better choice over time. So use up, I mean, I'm not a, I don't want to waste things either. Right. Your cleaning products. Um, when you have to go buy it the next time, let's just make a better choice the next time you have to buy it, if that makes sense. Yeah. Some people might have the ability to just wipe everything out, start fresh. I'm not one of them. Most, most people I know are not either. And so it's just one step at a time. And then over years, you're really going to lessen um, your toxin load and your body burden. Um, and that's kind of the ultimate goal. No, I like, I like that, that line of thinking where it's just like the next time you buy something, pay more attention. Yeah. Let's look at the labels. Um, I love to do that. Those apps are helpful, but I love when somebody's like, Hey, can you check out this label for me? And even if I can't do it on the spot, I'll be like, Hey, I'll get back to you. Or actually I don't, I'm not a know-it-all. I've done this for four years and I know a lot, but if I don't recognize some of these ingredients, I'll look them up quick or send you, um, like the, a where to find it yourself. So, yeah. And by okay. this point, I haven't tried everything. Obviously we have what works for us, but it's not going to work for everyone else. And so I do have a long list of recommendations. Um, but if it's not something that works for somebody else, let's figure it out. Let's, there's lots of options now. Right. Okay. Let's transition to more, um, motherhood conversation. So first yeah. of all, um, mother's day, any special plans? What does the day mean to you? Yeah. Mother's Day. So it's actually a fun day for us. It always falls on a Sunday. We go to church. Um, we go to Sacred City Davenport here that meets at the Annie Wittenmeyer Junior Theater yeah. um, here in Davenport. And they always set up a photo booth for mothers. And so that's like the one thing that mothers always want. It's just that nice picture yes. <laughs> on Mother's yes. Day. Like, Can we just get one picture? And so they set that up. Um, so I look forward to that every year, um, getting that picture um, what does it mean to me? I don't, I don't know. That's a good question. Yeah. yeah. I think it's, um, you know, for the longest time of my life, I was always about my mother or then my mother-in-law, you know, what can we do for them? And so being a mother now, um, it's fun to just receive, receive that appreciation or love or yeah. um, just feel noticed. I think that sometimes mothers, we can go unnoticed, um, or feel that maybe not necessarily actually go unnoticed, but yeah, it's just nice to get a little recognition. Everyone loves recognition, right? <laughs> yeah, well, and we particularly deserve it after the year that we've been through because the role of the mother has, For sure. the spotlight has been shined, shown on it this year yes. in particular. Yes. How do you think motherhood's changed for you in the past year trying to keep up with? Oh, gosh. Um, so I became a homeschool mother this past year, which was very, very different. Um, yeah. And just becoming not just mom, but also teacher. Um, and it has had many joys and many struggles. And so motherhood this past year has been difficult. So I kind of, when the whole COVID started, I had a four month old. Um, and so having a baby and kind of navigating all the unknowns into the more knowns. Um, yeah, it was just different being home with a baby and my kids all the time. I love them, but it was different. I love to be out and about and doing things and being with friends and people, um, and so it didn't change dramatically, but I was just home a lot more and yeah. I was fulfilling a lot more roles for my children. You know, I was now the art teacher, you know, I'm the one in charge of creativity. I'm the one in charge of play. And those are things that happen naturally at home. But when you're home 24 seven now, um, it was just, 
yeah, it was a bigger load, I guess. Um, I think even mothers this past year took on the load of like, um, protective, protecting our children, you know, what do we want them to be exposed to? What do we want to share with them? What do we want them to understand? Can they understand this depending on the ages of your children? So it was really even just in a very emotional year of, I want to be open with my children and talk to them, but how do I make it so they understand what's going on? Um, So we had a lot of good conversations, a lot of hard conversations here, um, which I think has helped us grow, like helped us connect more. Yeah. So what do you think? So I'm going to, I'm going to make you say you're something nice about yourself. What do you think you were the most successful at in the last year? And what do you think you like needed the most help with? Yeah. Those are good questions. You should have sent me these beforehand. <laughs> <laughs> it's funner to do it on the spot because yes. we, we do have a hard time giving ourselves credit as moms. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I also think it's really relatable to talk about where we need help, you know? Yes. So, yeah. so where, where do you think you were really successful and like, what made you think like, I am killing it this year as a mom, like this <laughs> is my thing. Oh gosh. Does anyone actually ever feel like that? <laughs> <sighs> you and fall between. Yes. Yeah. Um, successful. I don't know. I think our homeschooling has been successful. Um, I was really nervous about it and we definitely have bad attitudes and complaining a lot. Um, but we've gotten it done. My, I was really intimidated to teach my kindergartner how to read and he's reading. Um, so it was a really successful moment for us. Um, I really, it's still really fun to hear him read or to see them be able to write and things like that. Um, and successful and just like keeping, my kids' spirits high. Um, now that was not the case. Like the first few months, we were really struggling just to find joy in our home. Yeah. Um, you know, when everything changed for them, but I think now um, I'm good at re- bringing back the fun or reminding them about the fun we can have in different ways. Um, so that's been good. And where I needed help was just like the housework. So I used to be, I had good rhythms of like Monday was the day I'm going to do all the laundry, do all the chores. You know, Monday was my day to get organized for the week, but now Monday rolls around and I have to teach my kids. I have to be the teacher to like laundry just sits everywhere in our house now and it never gets done or, you know, messes had to really go to the back burner. (laughs) Um, And so I like a clean house, um, is less stressful for me. It's more peaceful for a clean house, but having totally a agree. all home all the time, um, I would see myself getting very stressed out over the mess, even though my kids didn't notice my kids don't care about the mess, no. you know? And so I kind of have to just like, okay, our floor is never going to get mopped. The laundry is never going to get folded and we have to be okay with that now. And so yeah. I can say that today it's a little bit better. Um, but for a long time it was struggling, like just the balance of being mom, being teacher, being all the things and not being able to be the cleaning lady. (laughs) Yeah. Oh my gosh. Um, so is homeschooling going to continue on into next year? Like, is it just a situational thing or is that a choice you guys are making long-term? So we are really undecided at this point. We're really 50, 50. Um, my kids were going to Morningstar Academy and we love, love, love that school so much. Um, and it's really, yeah, we haven't, we haven't decided. There's yeah. a lot of things I like about homeschool. There's a lot of things I like about sending my kids. Um, and so we're just kind of playing it out, seeing what next year looks like even, because I know some of those decisions are starting to be made now. Um, so yeah, we've been looking into different options, different homeschool co-ops around the area, which 
Yeah. Um, there are more than I realized. And so then trying to figure out, would that be a better fit for us? Cause we've been doing it on our own. I haven't had really a co-op option. Um, and so maybe if we stay home, it's going to look different. We get to do it with other people next year. So we're still really weighing our options and undecided at this point. Yeah. Yeah. I think a lot of families are where you are on that for sure. Yeah. Um, okay. So you have four kids. Yep. Two boys, two girls. Yep. Which yep. is like the perfect little mix. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, My OCD said... couldn't handle it if it was off. <laughs> <laughs> Fourth and final. So August yep. is your last. Yes. Yep. Um, yep. Yep. Talk to me about which transition was the hardest one to two, two to three, three to four. Yeah. So I honestly would say number one was, I think number one is hard for everyone. You know, it's your first time it changes for you. It changes for your husband or your partner, whoever it changes everything, every dynamic. Like it's just, you get thrown this baby and you got to figure it out. Um, besides that number four was the hardest for us. Um, And I honestly, for us personally, that was the biggest age gap. So all my, my first three are boom, 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 back to back to back. And then we waited almost three years until Augie, um, some intentionally, some, we just, it just didn't happen. And so that was really hard. Like we had just gotten out of the baby stage and then we had a baby. Um, but I think a lot of things factor into that too, because he was born and then it's kind of like the world shut down. So I don't know if necessarily he was our hardest transition or if it was just like last year was just a really hard year period for everyone. Right. Circumstances Um, added so much to it. Yeah. Yeah. I loved having three, um, back to back to back. Um, Okay. Needed a break after three and we got that break, but then yeah. And he's just kind of a different kid and all kids are. So he was probably, he's been our hardest transition. <laughs> um, so did, did you always know you wanted to have a big family? Um, we did. Yep. Yep. We're still open to having more kids. I don't want to ever be pregnant again. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. I am not the mother that loves being pregnant. Um, and that's okay, but we're still open to whether it's foster or adoption or whatever it may be in our future, we're open to more kids, but who knows what will happen. Yeah. Oh, well, that's very, very cool. So yeah. how old is your oldest then? She will be turning eight um, this summer. Okay. What, yeah. um, what is new and exciting about having an eight-year-old? Oh, gosh. <laughs> um, nobody warned you that having like school-aged children is harder than I think for me personally, having a newborn. Okay. Um, yeah. Emotions and the discipline kind of navigating that. Um, you know, she's our first, we haven't done this. We don't know how to have a, a, a child. I'm, you know, I'm an expert baby mom. <laughs> I can do that over and over. Oh, yeah. So yeah, just the emotions. Um, this year was really cool and also really difficult because she can understand and comprehend things. You know, your little kids, our little kids, they don't quite understand everything that's going on, but she really can observe everything and take everything in and ask good questions. So yes, two and three, four-year-olds might ask question after question after question. Um, but her questions are more like, you have to think about your answer and you can actually have conversations with her. So that has been, um, kind of the coolest thing about having one of my kids start to get a little older. Yeah. Yeah. That's so interesting. And, um, I think it's interesting that you talk about emotions, um, because I always wonder, you know, since I have two boys, like, I just wonder, um, 
what it would be like to actively watch the two genders grow up beside each other and evaluate their, their similarities and differences. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Well, and we have, so I have two girls and two boys. Um, I mean, my youngest is just one, but the girls, they're so different, but also not in like how, um, so we have girl and then boy, our son, Asher, he's not the like, I don't want to say typical boy, but like, he is our like sweet kid. He's our kind kid. He's gentle. He's not this like rough and tough. I mean, now he is all boy. He loves baseball through and through. Like he will play outside all day long. Um, but he's not this like crazy wild boy. Like so many people say, or like assume, you know, he doesn't fit the typical, like, um, there's a lot of jokes or memes about like the second child kind of being like the crazier one. And he is definitely like our most calm kid um, compared to the girls. Okay. So it's just all families are different. Each kid is different. They don't all fit this like norm or standard or whatever. Yeah. And I, I always, I never, it almost makes me feel like a little bit of a bad mom when people like ask me about my kids' personalities, because sometimes I feel like I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think I could sit there and like name qualities about my kids outside of the generic, like sweet and kind and lovable and stuff. And it it almost like, it makes me question. It's like, do you even know these kids? Like, why can't you describe them? But I'm like, I just, I'm literally still trying to figure out who these people are. Yeah. Like, I mean, but we don't, we're not in their little minds we're not thinking you know like I don't I'm the same way with my son Asher we went on a family bike ride last weekend to um the farmer's market down on the river and you know the our Jovi our oldest daughter is speeding off with dad ahead and like they get so far ahead we can't even see them and Asher it's not that he's slow he's just taking in everything around him you know we're on the Iowa side of the river and he's like I can see cars in Illinois you know or he's like mom do you want to play I spy. And I'm like, no, we got to focus on riding our bike. You know, like he's just, his brain works so differently than mine or the girls. And yeah, I can't put it into words, but they are their own little, they're people, you know? Yeah. I think that's probably my favorite thing about motherhood is observing these humans. Yeah. 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 If I were to name like one thing, it's like these, these little, like just these little, like these little brains in these little bodies and, and yeah, it's like in there for a minute. (laughs) Yeah. And my, my husband and I often debate, like, is our second, is he a more complex character and a more interesting character because we know more about what a little kid's looks and acts like, or because he really is, you know what I mean? Like, Like the first, you don't know what the heck is happening. For sure. For sure. And that's what I'm talking about with my like oldest, discipline like discipline is a whole like there's a difference between disciplining like your two and three year old you know it's more like stop don't do that you're gonna get hurt because they don't know but with her it's like figuring out how she needs to be disciplined um because there's a spot for discipline you know I can't just let her do whatever she wants whenever she wants um and like figuring out the way that she needs to be disciplined versus like the next kid and the next kid it's not a one size fits all um and so yeah it's just figuring out like, are we doing it wrong with her? Are we doing it right with her? Like, are we just doing it different with the second and third kids? Or like, yeah, so that's interesting as kids get older. And I think they also, it changes how you parent them. Right, right. And you have to, there's a lot of trial and error involved. Yeah, and as lot as they're developing, you know, think something's going to work or not work. And so, yeah, it can, it can be exhausting in a different way. <laughs> that's not just 
sleep deprived. You know, yeah. it's really, it takes a lot more of your mental capacity. Yeah. So let's talk about you as a woman. Okay. Yeah. So like try to answer these questions, like without like interjecting your kids, it's really hard to do. Okay. Um, what like makes you feel powerful? Like as a woman? Um, well, I think when I'm able to do something without my husband's help, honestly, so something very simple yesterday, we ordered, well, actually I ordered a swing. I ordered the wrong one. So he ordered the right one, but then it came in the mail and I was the one here. And so like, just being able to do that on my own, um, being able to, um, I think that's why I like gardening so much. Like it's something that I get to do and produce and see to fruition. Yeah. Just that I can, I can do that, you know? Um, yeah. That's the answer that you're looking for. But. No, absolutely. Tell me what you like want to wear when you like want to feel like the most like yourself. What's your signature look? Um, oh, signature look. <laughs> signature look is probably pajamas on the day to day. Stay home. Um, it's really just a good pair of jeans and a comfy top. Um, I don't love being over the top. It's fun. But I'm also, most often I'm in like a t-shirt that I love and a really good fitting pair of jeans. Yeah. So tell me about how you uh, met your husband. So we met, oh gosh, this is actually, <laughs> we could be here a while. I'll oh good. Okay, cool. We are, um, we met in college, but I was in college and he was in high school, but I didn't know that until later. <laughs> okay, are we talking like senior in college to freshman in high school? Like, what are we talking? So we actually met, we were just friends. I was probably a soft, sophomore in college and he was a okay. sophomore in high school. Oh, wow. But, so I'm at this like campus ministry basic. I went to UNI. Um, so it's called stands for brothers and sisters in Christ. It's like, it's just like youth group type thing for college students. And he was on stage, like part of the worship team. So why would I not assume that he was in college? <laughs> um, and so we were, like in the same friend group for a long time. Um, he kind of always hung out with college kids. I always kind of joke that like what college girl would want to date a high, your typical high school boy, but he was obviously not your typical high school boy. And we didn't start dating until after he had graduated high school. So, okay. Okay. Yeah, All right. College, but not technically in college. Yeah. Yeah. So what do you think, like, um, what do you think you liked about him right off the bat? Um, well, he was in the worship band, you know, he was in the band. He was yeah. the little kid on stage. Um, and then we became friends. We're just in the same friend group and he was funny, had a lot of energy. Um, so that attracted me to him, I think. Yeah. So how long have you guys been married? We have been married. It'll be 10 years this year. Oh my gosh, me too. Okay. So when did you get married? Um, we got married in October. Okay. Excellent. So we're June. So we're yeah. coming up really quickly. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. 10 years. Like, have you like taken any time to like mentally process that? Cause I feel like this milestone of 10 years, I've been like thinking a lot about, cause it yeah. feels very grown up. If it does feel very grown up, even being a mom, sometimes I'm like, uh, who let me have four kids? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 10 years. I mean, I say that and I'm like, whoa, like, has it really been 10 years? Okay. I guess I it has been 10 years. We have an eight, almost eight year old, you know, um, yeah, it seems like a big deal. I want to make it a big deal. Um, hopefully we get to do some kind of like fun trip where we get to really reflect on that. Um, but still to be determined. 
Yeah. Yeah. No. And I mean, ours is coming up in a month and like number one, it's felt, it's felt impossible to plan ahead. For sure. You know? For sure. So, yeah. um, so we yeah. haven't really planned ahead, but, but yeah, like when you look back on 10 years, what do you feel like, um, what do you feel like was a, like a, an important milestone for you outside of kids? Like what's really defined your relationship together? Do you think? Um, I think going through trials together, yeah. um, and just kind of figure, I think you get to know each other on a deeper level. And um, when you go, when you're struggling, you know, kids are fun. Day-to-day is fun. Um, or like day-to-day, you're just, it's just day-to-day. But then when there's a struggle, um, I think and not kind of kids, the first uh, miscarriage I had was really, oh. really brought us together. Um, really connected us. It's like the first time we, we went through something similar together. Like we went through grieving together and figuring out how the other person operates. So I think that was really um, a big piece of our story together. Um, or saying this past year, my husband has been, um, just fighting some illness, um, that we finally got under control. And so just kind of walking through that and seeing, um, seeing your partner be sick or not themselves, um, has been both very hard, but I think we're getting to know each other better through it. Yeah. Any advice based on some things that you've learned? Oh gosh. Um, communication. I mean, that's like, it has to be key. You have to figure it out and we're still trying to figure it out. You know, um, my husband isn't a natural communicator, isn't a natural talker about his day-to-day life where I, you know, I could tell all the things like, this is what I'm thinking. This is what's happening. Um, and so you just have to figure it out, whether it's at the end of each night or once a week, or you have to go on that date a couple of times a month just to reconnect and talk about the things. Um, you've learned that you can't assume, you know, he can't assume that I'm doing things this way because I'm this way. And I can't assume he's doing this because of these things. Um, that just harbors a lot of like bitterness and frustration. And so just talking about those things or how you're doing, you know? Um, yeah. Yeah. Do you guys have any rituals or traditions or things that like are just, just you and him that, that, um, have just kind of been fun over the years? I told my husband recently that I wanted to become the racquetball couple, like that yeah. goes plays racquetball at the Y on Saturdays. And he told me absolutely no, not, but no. I'm like looking for that thing. You know yeah. what I mean? It's like, what? Like, so, I mean, like we always order onion rings when we go out to restaurants, like that's yeah. like our thing, you know, like what's yeah. your thing? Yeah, that's fun. I, I, I don't know if we have a thing. Maybe we used to, um, I mean, we still do, but not as much anymore. We're the, we like to dress up. We oh, like to match. Cool. So like every Halloween, there's always a theme. And we did it even before kids. We had a theme. We'd dress up. We'd go all out. Um, that's fun. We like to, we like to be the people that host. We like to have people in our house. Um, oh, so you're missing that so much right now. Yeah, we've still gotten to do um, hosting with those that are comfortable. You know, we've kind of opened, we've kept our doors open um, for a while. They weren't. And then really they've been open for a while and who's comfortable or, you know, whether it's mask or no mask or whatever kind of thing. So we like to host, we like to have people, we like to have the party. Um, And I guess that's one thing for our anniversary. We always take that day and it's just us. So we haven't ever traveled far, but we will pick um, a place within the Quad Cities whether it's Leclerc or wherever, and just walk around downtown, that whole day is set out for just us. Um, and that's kind of been our thing always. And it's October and there's always beautiful weather. Always, yeah. always, always. So it's been really nice. 
is there any way that you want people to reach you or to reach out to you or find you social media wise? I prefer Instagram just because it's quick and fun, but I'm on Facebook. I actually have a, what I call a wellness group and it's clean beauty with Jill Bakken on Facebook. And that's where I do a lot more of my like ingredient education or safe swaps for more than just makeup. I mean, we talk about food, we talk about cleaning products, we talk about all the things in there. Um, it's just another way someone can connect with me, but yeah, Facebook, Instagram. Excellent. Okay. Well, I will tag you on all of those mediums um, so yeah. that people can find you. Thank you so much for your time this afternoon. Yeah, it was really fun. Thanks for having me. My thanks to Jill for taking an hour of her day to share a little bit about the science behind clean beauty. So yeah, I'm going to take her advice to heart, you know, take one product that needs to be replaced and try to find the cleaner option and download some of those apps like the Think Dirty app to really evaluate what's in these products and what we're feeding our skin that we don't want to age and we want to um, remain fresh as a daisy the longest that we possibly can. If you enjoyed this conversation, follow Jill on Instagram and follow me at On A Mother Level. Don't forget we have the highlights that go along with this episode so that you can see the different things that we are talking about and just see what a beautiful lady that Jill is. Also, you guys, I'm looking ahead to June because I'm going to do a month of dads for Father's Day. And so if you want to nominate your husband to be interviewed on the show, I think that would be really fun. Send me a message at on a mother level on Instagram and tell me why your husband, partner, boyfriend, whatever's, even your dad, That would be even fun, too. Your dad. Nominate the dude in your life to come share their on a father level experiences with me on the show. So look forward to hearing from you. Can't wait to hear your feedback as well. Thank you so much for listening. This is On a Mother Level. And when it comes to parenthood, we can relate. You have been listening to the WQAD Podcast Network.